Welcome, everyone, to Mythstery, a podcast about myths and history. I am one of your hosts, Bryant, here with my lovely permanent guest, Cami. Hello, Cami. Hey, Bryant. How are you? I'm doing well. Cami, thanks so much for being my permanent guest, making time for this wonderful show that we have. Thank you. Thank you for recording it and doing all the actual legwork. <laughs> no, well, recording, sure, sure. Well, uh, we're really excited because... We have a really fun topic today, but if you're just joining us, uh, Mystery is a podcast here where every week we try and find some interesting myth or story to regale to you and then try and crack a little bit some of the history behind that myth and talk through it. And today, we're, Cammy and I, we, we, we're both very excited. We're really... Yes. Yeah. I... You know, quarantining my way through life right now, uh, going through my backlog of video games in my spare time, aside from platinuming Infamous Second Son a couple oh, weeks congrats. ago. Thank you. Yeah, it was like two things that I didn't do. Did <laughs> so you like, play the other game? Mm-hmm, I did. I did. Yeah. I can't remember uh, what it's called. The um the DLC. Yes. First, I platinum that when that came out. Yeah, okay. that was fantastic. I heard it was really that good. was. It was better than the main game. What about the blood one? The one from that was on PS3. First I, I played, blood or whatever. I don't know. He was a vampire. Or I, yeah, that was. was the old one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I play through this. I platinum it, and then I'm like, well, let me go through. I'm like, oh, let me play Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is the you know Assassin's Creed super famous set in Victorian London. This one, and I've been enjoying. Um, you know, I last especially last summer. And the summers before that summertime is when I, I get a lot of audiobooks in and I, I enjoyed the Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie novels and things like that. And uh, which are, you know, set in the industrial era and early 20th century. But so the Assassin's Creed Syndicate gets super great looking. I'm playing through it and tons of side missions. Those games have, to have tons of things like that. And there's this great mission where it's it's a pretty small mission, too, but it's like uh, find out. Uh, the cult of Spring Hill Jack and you're playing through this mission and you're going through, you start it like uh, I think it's like even they tie in Charles Dickens and stuff like that. And he's, I think he's investigating it. And so you find this woman get attacked by this dude with a Cape and you chase him down. And then you go to these, the sewer and you find like, there's this killer cult. You have to dispatch these four fellows and uh, this, so spring Hill Jack. And I'm like, all right, is this real? What is going on? So I Google it and thank God I he is real. <laughs> he's <laughs> extremely well. He's real. He was real uh, to in Victorian London um, in the mid 19th century. But I, I implore you. I'll try. Maybe I'll include a picture if I can. But just Google Spring Hill Jack and just take a look at that beautiful uh, picture that is at the front of the Wikipedia page of a 1904 cover issue um, depicting this basically batman looking guy <laughs> but i knew like I an knew, evil batman yeah. right yeah i knew you uh, cammy would be pleased and it, it sounds like you certainly were oh, so excited yeah there's a little bit of crime a little bit of mystery uh, yeah it's it's fun well um cammy why don't you give us a little story of this gentleman sure gentle, gentle thing <laughs> So I went to AnomalyInfo.com, which I had used previously in the Chupacabra episode because they have accounts. It's really lovely. If you ever want to read a firsthand, like, basically report of something that happened. So 
whether it's a, you know, a law enforcement report or other, uh, you can actually read real documents from the time or, well, they're, you know, transcribed to the webpage, but yeah. And the entry was 1838, February 20, the Jane Alsop assault. Mm-hmm. So here we go. While the rumors of Spring Hill Jack had peppered the English countryside, his sightings didn't reach London until the late winter of 1838. In the dead of night, Jane was awoken by a banging at the front door of the house she shared with her sisters and father. She ran to answer before knocking, woke up her other family. When she opened the door, she stood face to face with a frantic man who seemed out of breath from a struggle. The man told the girl he was a watchman and he had managed to capture Spring Hill Jack. He needed to borrow a light from her so he, so he could see to, to secure the man to his horse. Jane, excited to be part of the action, ran inside and found a lantern as well as a candle. She rushed outside, fumbling with the candle. She handed it to the watchman and ran with him to where he left his horse in the body. When they reached the spot, no horse could be found. She asked the watchman if he thought the man could have taken the horse. He seemed to contemplate that for a moment as he threw down his robe, sighed, took the candle to his chest. He, his appearance suddenly changed in the candlelight. She could see now that his eyes were red like fire. He opened his mouth and out came a blue flame that caused the young woman to scream. She tried to run away, dropping her lantern. But Springhill Jack grabbed her by the neck and began to rip at her gown and flesh with his iron claws. Jane escaped his clutches, but not before he clawed her face and neck. She reached her door, and thankfully her screams had woken most of her house. Her sister grabbed her and slammed the door behind them. Her other sister called loudly for the authorities, but Jack leapt into the night before anyone could make it over. Wow, so spooky. Very spooky. So... Oh man, this guy, spring-heeled Jack. Like I can like so he's got springs in his heels, right? Right. Got, I, I mean, he's leaping really he's, far. Yeah, leaping up to ten feet is what the these these nineteenth-century reports would say, as high as ten feet. He's got he's Wolverine. He's got the claws, these iron claws, and this dude can breathe fire. I mean, like, what else do we need from like a <laughs> a Victorian era <laughs> villain? Yeah, it's so is, steampunk. It, I know, <laughs> I know. It really and, is. <laughs> and it really does kind of show up in, the, in, in a lot of that culture. Um, no, I well, I, I'll get into. There's a little bit behind this guy, but he, um, I, I really think he's basically like the precedent to Batman. I mean, like in all honesty. So Springhill Jack, yeah. In gosh, so you know, 19th century London. We're getting into the Victorian era, industrial era, urbanization like never before. Things are getting crowded. It's getting crazy. And in the early 19th century, there are these – a few of these uh, urban myth kind of things start happening where people are reporting ghosts or stalking the streets of London and things like that, um, beating up pedestrians walking around when they shouldn't be, that kind of thing. A really famous one, a quick side note, is this gentleman, the, the Hammersmith ghost. Which I had to look at this because I was like, why is Wikipedia talking about this? And this was an 1803-1804 case of a guy. So, like, people had been dressing up as, like, this ghost who believed, like, it was the spirit of a suicide victim. And there was this dude who was walking around at night with a shotgun. And someone was wearing white. 
and while on their way home and the guy just like flipped and was like, who goes there? But then like pulled the trigger and, and, and the guy ended up dying. And this actually oh became, God. yeah, this became a big court case of like, was there like a self, it was a self-defense, a really important self-defense legal case. So anyway, so that kind of tells you like, so he thought it was a ghost. Well, he, he just didn't know. He was just freaking out. He, he, he was freaking out and he had a shotgun and that's not a good thing to have when you're freaking right. out. And and it was decided no, like even if it was like they you know they they expected no, there's no ghost, no matter what. I don't. There's really no reason you should just shoot somebody at night. There's 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 less reasons than there are actual reasons. So this it was a cool legal precedent, but this kind of puts in your mind. So like 1804, this precedent was made. There's these ghosts going on. So you know people people don't want any of this, but there's a weird sort of legal sense behind it all. But so. Springheel Jack, uh, 18, the late 1830s, um, they people believe sort of grew from these ghost sightings. There, you know, there, these myths were kind of local at first, like the the Hammersmith ghost and things like that. But Springheel Jack really became like a phenomenon and was cited as like in Scotland, um, even um, like mainly known in London and Liverpool, but but any any urban area he could totally like come around. And yeah, so I mean, so Spring Hill Jack, he's called that because he could jump really tall. And if you can do that, you obviously have a spring in your shoes. <laughs> and and there's this cool, so like uh, the Wikipedia article posts like a bbc.co.uk like website, uh, the webpage about it. It's actually not that good, but it does. Um, it's, it's, it's like an old archive page. It looks like it's from like 2002. But it, there's a, a little thing here. I mean, the, the the name Jack is really prevalent in a lot of like urban myths, and even I mean, think of Jack the Ripper. There's this guy Jack O'Kentchurch, uh, a Welsh guy who made a pact with the devil, Jack in the Green. Um, so well, all the mischievous people, you know, are named Jack too, right, like right. Jack and the Beanstalk and stuff right. like that. Exactly. Yeah. If your name's Jack, you're up to no good. I'm sorry. And so he he, he really became this this sensation. And it, it seems like he did target women a, a good amount, but I mean, it seemed it, a lot of the victims were, it, it was, it seemed indiscriminate. Um, and, but he would sort of just attack you, maul you, and then run away unless he breathed fire or something like that before he did. And it, it's noted that he was by several, at least two people claimed he spoke comprehensible English is what is kind of said. So I guess imagine that a man in England. <laughs> Speaking, speaking English, English. Yeah. well i guess that helped sort of like reinforce that it's not like some some otherworldly demon you know um oh, okay yeah because that, that's what people might have started to believe was it it was a creature you know we're thinking like werewolves and stuff like that uh and but jane all or uh, yeah jane Alsop's case was like the first big one um and it was really interesting too and over time it it's fun because it, it verged by like 1880s. He was this like media, I guess you could say sensation. Even in, in 1867, he was being featured in like serial series, kind of like like precedents for comic books and things like that. Sure. And he, by the beginning of the 20th century, became like a full on boogeyman for kids story, you know, um, You'd say, hey, just if you don't go to bed, uh, Spring Hill Jack's going to jump up here and like punch your face out. <laughs> but 
but he was also starting like in the 1900s. I mean, he was uh, he was 100 percent featured in these stories where he was a hero or where he was fighting other bad guys. and He was going through and he was kicking butt. And so it's really funny. But it kind of out of these little sort of localized ghost stories, this unified, bigger sensation kind of came. And I think it was just sort of a product of urbanization and having these hugely dense populations in these areas and then stuff happens and people are doing stuff. And I mean, you know, like, like the, in the Hammersmith case, I mean, this obviously, you know, if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, you, you'd probably get mugged and things like that. But there was more to it than that. People were actually trying to prank other people, dress up as ghosts. And so it, it, as far as yeah, Hill, I ran across that, like it was almost like some, some of the encounters were almost like pranks. And then right. some of the encounters were horrible maulings of people. Yeah, exactly. You know? And so it's, it's especially hard. I, there was a, um, the Marquess of Waterford was this dude. He, he was, he was a noble and he was like, apparently kind of a, a drunkard and kind of crazy too. People like thought it could be him at one point, but I mean, eventually, like, I think it just, it, it went on for so long and it, I, I, I think of it as we did an episode on like the clown sighting kind of epidemic. I kind of think of it as that where like you're in the 1838, you read about Alfred's attack of this Spring Hill Jack fellow and the papers, you know, are just want to run anything that'll make you buy the paper. So they pick it up heavy. And then two years later, somebody got punched in the eye and they were really drunk and they don't remember, but they thought they heard a cackling. And so they're like, Oh, it was spring Hill Jack who punched me in my <laughs> blinker, my face blinker. I don't know. Um, your so, yeah, you're, you know, your eyes, that's the okay. cockney. Cry. I don't have, know. Did they have blinkers? No, but like your eye blinks. So I'm thinking that they call their eyes blinkers in Victorian era uh, London. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I'm creating a new language. I was thinking like cars. Right, yeah. Well, you're not thinking Victorian era. Uh, you got to go back in time with me here. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm um, with you now. Right. There's some dim candlelight on the street. I got you. Yeah, right. Oil lamps so, or whatever, gaslight. And that's that's what was like, it, it's so cool because like, that's what I, I'm actually... I'm sad to say I'm not actually really enjoying Assassin's Creed Syndicate because um, the controls are very clunky, but I just love running around the city and seeing everything and and just the aesthetic, like just like my mind's eye thinking of like Spring Hill Jack, whether he's uh, a, 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 a a negative character or not or a hero is just super cool. I mean, because and even if you think of him like a hero, I mean, you, he's 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 literally Batman like he's a he's an anti-hero you know like um and i i swear i mean just whenever i what when did batman actually start like the 30s or 40s or something like that i swear like whoever like like they saw the spring hill jack and were like you know what <laughs> what if he was rich and had parents and they went to the opera so sadly, there's there, there's no direct connection. I guess that actually kind of makes it more fun because it wouldn't be as mysterious. But there there was no direct connection. There was no to, to any one person. Um, yeah, I think it must have been a group of people or just pranking, like just people. Yeah. Maybe there was one guy taking it seriously and he was like the bad guy doing the bad things because all of all of those like attacks, like brutal attacks happened in the same time period. Right. 
Right. Like within yes. like 10 years of each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah, the, like they, and like there, I mean, there was like a 50 year period where these were happening, but, but again, eventually like it became like a fun story. It like, it was boogeyman for kids, but then it was also like, uh, like a comic book pulp fiction-y kind of thing. Yeah. It was the penny dreadful stories, which, which were almost exactly like that. They were the precursor to pulp fiction is actually the, and, and um, comic book superheroes is the way Wikipedia puts it. And that's a hundred percent accurate. This, this urban myth turned into the, uh, a, a fun comic booky hero, a pulp fiction-y thing through the penny dreadful stories that you could buy. And people were totally over it um, by, or, or, or eating it up in a different way. They weren't scared of it in that sense. I mean, I'm sure people were still getting beat the crap up in London alleys at midnight, but it wasn't someone going, ha ha, punch, and then jumps really high. It's just cool, like, because this, uh, it's just this time, like, I made it, I made it, we were talking about the fire and how that could happen. And I mean, but think about, like, the poor uh, Jane Alsop trying to explain this. And you know, everybody is just like, She's a woman. She's hysterical, of course. You know, like she's just like there's no, there's just nothing you can do about it. Like like no one's gonna take it seriously. So it's yeah, well, just, they did do a search after. There right. was a little bit more to the story. They did actually search the town. I mean, I they probably didn't believe her. You're right, but they did search for him and they found right. two suspects, and yeah. neither one of them really. They figured out that they didn't really fit the bill, I guess. Yeah. And then um, there was but there was one like oddity of this man. And it was a man and like a younger man, like an not old man, but like maybe middle aged man and a younger man. And they were walking together and the younger man was helping the middle aged man like he had maybe gotten hurt or something. Mm -hmm. And they thought that maybe it was them because the person that like when he disrobed i mean he yeah. didn't disrobe but when he threw off his robe right um he the robe was gone when they go back right so i didn't write that in the story but the robe was gone and um, this sure, person sure. ran off in the other direction so they're thinking that it must there must have been two people like a setup of but uh, yeah like really thought yeah. out right you know what it reminds me of and this is like no joke this is like horrible yeah. um but the the guy in france who would dress up almost like a werewolf. They called him the beast of something or wherever he was in France. He would, he would dress up as like a, an animal basically mm -hmm. put on like fur and like a mask. And then he would, I think sort of like lasso women. I don't know what he used like chains or um, a whip or what he was using, but he would kind of like lasso them and, and be like choking them and, and drag them back to his basically lair sure. it was like a basement room or something in his house but yeah it kind of reminded me of that just like these random attacks by someone who's dressed as you know kind of like the devil or or a beast or whatever okay i don't know yeah, yeah. It, it, i mean just in my head it like went towards that i wish yeah, i remember yeah. the guy's name i'll remember it after <clears throat> no yeah <laughs> no yeah right of course yeah this it is really interesting and i i I like so you know, the the more popular the character became like that's he he, he I think he, like in the in the 1838 attack and and after it he wasn't spring he wasn't automatically spring hill jack that was the name kind of given to him later right yeah through the popularization of him and and 
kind of when I guess you could say he lost his like genuine scariness. But but yeah, gained it was it through almost children. like just a. I mean, it was just like an urban legend at that point. It wasn't yeah. a real and person at that point. Because like the Lord Mayor of London was actually summoned like by an anonymous resident, and that's that's where some of the investigation went in and stuff. So there was like actually they, they did take it seriously. I mean, like you know, you, if you write a complaint, they'll look, and informa- rewards were offered for information. But again, you know, nothing in particular. But yeah, I, I think, yeah, just people like dicking around. And then once the police were actually like, all right, we'll walk around at night with a lantern. They're like, crap, our ruse is over. Right. <laughs> We've been fat. So yeah, it's just a super fun thing. There's tons of of uh, books written on it, even like um, faux, faux lore. Uh, There's a book in the 70s written and, and it's it has a ton of like poorly cited and. Just a bunch of just stuff. Yeah, hold on. Uh, the Legend and Bizarre Crimes of Spring Hill Jack from 1977 by Peter Haining. It's it's kind of it, tons of claims made without sources and things like that. Just fun stuff like that. But um, there's actually two. Uh, you can. This is a free book on Project Gutenberg, uh, posted in July of 06. It's an anonymous author, and it looks like it was through Gutenberg of Australia. But you know, this is completely free, and you can access it now. And it's it's a full short story and I've, I've only looked through it a little bit i only found it recently i didn't realize it was here um until i just was doing some more searching before we started but it's it's a cool little book and it's um it includes miss or jane alsop and it looks like it's it's shortly after her uh attack and it it but it, it uses the the facts of the time and brings out a little fiction into it all and it looks like a really cool little story so if you want a, a fun little read I, i'll link it into the uh, the the link to the Gutenberg link in the uh, podcast show notes. It's it's a cool little free book you can devour uh, based off of this guy. So, um, and I before we finish, I got, I've got to thank Ubisoft for making Assassin's Creed and giving me this idea. <laughs> I really appreciate it. <laughs> it's a, a really cool way to go because I, I I was playing like Odyssey and there's tons that which is set in ancient Greece and I mean there you know. We have tons of Ancient Greece podcast episodes now, and there's many more to come, but it's always fun to do something a little different, and this was really, really cool to look into. Yeah, um, honestly, like, Assassin's Creed, they really do their research. Like, yeah, when the fires yeah. happen in uh, the Notre Dame Cathedral, they yeah, had yeah. it mapped. That's where, right, yeah, the digital, because they, yeah, yeah for Unity, they had, yeah. And they used they had never had map. like a digital mapping of the cathedral, so they were able to use that like as a blueprint. Or That's whatever. right. That's a really good thing to mention. Yeah. No, it is really cool. And um, there's even I, I'm I'm gonna probably play the game a little more. There's the, the Jack the Ripper DLC you can play <sighs> yeah. without like beating the game. So I want to play that. And I mean we there's a definitely an episode we can do right there because there's still disputes on whether or not you know there's a lot of disputes around it. So I have theories. Well then, yeah. Then we uh, well maybe a month from now that'll be the episode we hit upon. So we'll just do one Jack a month until they're done. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of Jacks. It is a lot of Jacks. Um, but there are a lot of Jacks. Right. So, uh, well, Cami, thank you for getting that Miss um, Allison story. Um, poor girl. I hope she survived the she did. She did. rest of Victorian London, just the oh, rest of that era. Just like cholera and whatever. Yeah, call yeah cholera, Spring Hill Jack, <laughs> being a woman in Victorian era London. Right. Um, <laughs> all the hardships uh, that kind of come from it. 
Well, thank you, though, Cami, again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We hope you enjoyed this one. Um, we've got a couple fun episodes. We're still quarantining, as you can tell, too. I, I always I want to keep mentioning that. So we're doing remote recording. Uh, hopefully, th- I think we've gotten things down pretty well. Um, but mystery at gmo.com and our Facebook group are great ways to get in touch with us. If you have any ideas for a show, let us know. Or if you just have any comments, things like that, please let us know, too. We're always happy to get some feedback. And I think that does it, Cammy. Oh. Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> 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 <laughs>